Hello, everybody. Welcome. My name is Sue Ellis-Saller, and I'm from Spiritual Business Spotlight. And today, I am really, really excited to be talking finally with Lisa Boswell. Hello, Lisa. Welcome. Hi, Sue. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so I'm really, you have such a rich, fabulous background, history, knowledge of tarot, divination, Lenormand, and um, really, you started out life with this background. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started? Right. Well, obviously, my name is Lisa Boswell. Um, I was born into a family of like fortune tellers and diviners. My family are Roman and Gypsy. Um, I always had a, a draw towards divination. I think that even, even my sisters, they were kind of, they were sort of into it, but they were never really into it as much as what I was into it. So um, from when I was like seven, I began reading tarot cards with my sister's cards. And then that was it. I just took on more and more methods of divination as I got older. And here I am now. <laughs> How do you read for people? Usually when I perform readings, I tend to use um, like Lenormand cards. So I'll do like a, a grand tableau. And one of the reasons why is that I think it's because there's something about Lenormand that it's not as restrictive, I don't think, as reading like tarot cards. Like a snake could be, a snake has its meaning, but it could be anything when read in combination. So I like to perform a grand tableau when I first meet someone and then if they have a specific question, I'll use like tarot for specific questions. Because I think that tarot's more, even though I do predict with tarot, I think that it, by its nature, it's more advisory than Lenormand cards tend to be. Yeah. Well, Lenormand, I feel like is really on point. It's just like a sentence. It's just like this, that, this. It's very specific. I think that... Um, I'd say probably the difference is that Lenormand will predict matter-of-fact day-to-day events. Mm -hmm. And Tarot is able to say if something is major or life-changing or part of your greater plan or whatever. Oh, I like that. I like the way that you explain that. And you just did a really big survey about different types of divination and fortune-telling and that was really cool. So yeah. in some that I didn't even hear of before, what's kind of the most odd one that you've come across? Um, there's quite a lot of odd methods of divination and fortune telling. Like, for example, there's a method that uses the ground, but it's based on the way that animals walk across that ground. So say if you're a farmer and you've got a bit of land, you can, from the pattern that a fox has moved its feet across the ground, you can make predictions based on the fox's movement. Really? So that's one that's, yeah, that's one that's quite, but I see how that could work. I, could, I, I see how that could work, especially if you're into like astrology or things like that, I can see how it would work. But it's quite funny because I think that if you don't know a lot about divination, all methods of divination seem unlike each other. But then once you begin to know a lot about different methods, even more like unusual methods of divination, you'll realise that they are very similar. Like if someone can interpret dreams, especially symbolically, if someone can interpret dreams, they're very likely to be able to read teacups, crystal balls, because it's similar symbolism. And I think that, because I, when I learned Lenormand, I picked it up like really quickly, like within a couple of days. And I think that it's because I had that, I knew the symbolism already because I could interpret dreams before I learned how to read Lenormand. So picking it up was not as difficult. So the right. more you become experienced as a diviner, the more that you realize that all methods of divination are pretty much the same. <laughs> right. And I like the way that you describe that because a lot of, you know, a lot of us think there's a difference between 
the symbolism in dream interpretation or the symbolism in what you scry um, in cups or here they do like um, lead, you melt lead at the new mm-hmm. year and you throw it in a cup and then you see what, what animal or character you get out of that. But a lot of times it's even clouds or shapes in trees or whatever. As long as you're picking up that information, your subconscious is somehow giving you a message. One thing that after I've done the survey, I've received maybe a dozen emails off of people who've told me that they would make predictions of events based on birds say when they've seen birds or the way that birds moved or whatever and they just thought that they were weirdos like they never thought that there was an actual word for it or that other people done it or whatever and I was really surprised it's actually very common people would email me and they'll just say I never knew there was a name for that I never knew that other people done that right (laughs) they're like I don't feel weird anymore and I'm like yeah it's a thing (laughs) Yeah, well, that's totally cool. And you're lucky to have had an unbroken line in your in your lineage that brought predictive and, and allowed for that to be expressed in your home because a lot of people, you know, were just scared. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm so lucky. I say that to my mom and my granny, like me and my granny, my granny on the the granny that I'm talking about, she's not a diviner, but she is into it. Do you know what I mean? She's mm-hmm. interested in it. And me and her will go like crystal ball shopping or whatever. And I'm like, I can't believe this compared to other people that I've met. And it's funny because they don't know that other people are really like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I'll say to them, oh, this person online said this, that their family done this or done that. And they're like, that's just unbelievable that people would turn against their relatives for reading cards. Like, right. <laughs> you know, it's just, oh, it's unreal. But I think especially like from the business aspect, I think that um, a lot of people assumed that because I had this like background or whatever, that business was going to be really easy for me. Like I, had, I would meet people and they would say, oh, you're so lucky, like you have this background and this experience. And when, you, um, when you're running your business, it's a lot easier. I've got to start from the start. And that's not actually true either. Like people think oh, that folk would book me for that reason, but that's not actually true. Like I, at first, I even struggled with like business and stuff. Well, I've seen you. I mean, you work hard and you have got your stuff together and you've really, you know, kind of put a lot of effort into creating websites that are really valuable tools for people who are just starting out. Yeah, I think that um, because when I first came online, I had this problem that a lot of people didn't take me seriously. And part of it was because of my background. So I would get people like commenting on my posts, saying things like, no one will take you seriously um, if you've not got a degree. And people were advising me if I wanted to write books or whatever, I was to go and get a degree. And, you know, because at the time that I came online, we're talking like 2014, it was a bit of a fashion for tarot readers especially to go and get history degrees or to go and get art degrees. And I actually had felt the pressure to do that. I had looked up like universities and stuff like that. And thank God I never, I'd went to another reader, but, and I never told her about it. She was reading me and she, she told me, she was like, don't ever go to university because it's not. And I was like, I was considering doing that. <laughs> she says you don't need it. I was like, right. Right. Yeah, Yeah, from what I've seen, I mean, you're really devoted to the work and you have been for a really long time. And you're also very devoted to educating people about divination and how divination can be used in their lives and used very easily. So I see that as like a blessing from you. Yeah, I tell, I always tell my students, I say to them, Like divination is not a practice. If you approach divination as a practice, something that you just do, your readings aren't going to be that great. Like 
it has to be a lifestyle. Being a divine art is a lifestyle. So say um, when I get up in the morning, right? I get up in the morning, I sort of sit and I have my think. And if I'm struggling with something, I'll ask my spirits for a sign. I'll tell my relatives about my dreams. Like, <laughs> honestly, it's just, it's a lifestyle. It's not something that even down to, say, cleaning products I buy. I'll only buy cleaning products that have things in them that I know that my ancestors liked. Do you know what I mean? And it sounds yeah. so, other people, that sounds insane. But to me, it's really important. That's part of my life. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's, that's the number one thing is that you always try to be a diviner. Don't try to be a reader because there is a difference. If you're a reader, your divination is not a part of your life. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, and I agree with what you're saying too, because there's just this openness and, and living the life and, and breathing divination and breathing, you know, and, and using it for yourself. Because when you just sit down, there are people who just sit down and they read mm -hmm. and they cut it, you know, they open the session, they cut it. And that is, you know, but for people like, us like you and like me there's never a time when I'm not kind of open to getting a message or to getting a sign and using it for myself too so I think that's a really valid point like you you live it mm -hmm. oh yeah I've completely I've done things like I've completely changed my life based on like seeing a bee honest to god seeing a sign do you know what I mean I'll make major life-changing decisions based on a sign and people think that it's insane honest to god like people think I am nuts and I was getting loads of signs when I first established divination and fortune telling as a website I was getting tons of signs that on the direction to go in and it's funny because I said to I said to one of my pals the other day I said to him you know something really big is about to happen when everyone stops believing in you because when I'd established this website, I was telling people, this is my thing. This is going to be huge. And all my friends and my family were like, oh, I hope it works out for you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Everyone had lost faith in it. But I knew that regardless of all of that, it was going to be massive. And me and my friends, the day that I'd created the website, me and my friends had climbed a mountain. And after you climb a mountain, you're so like pumped up, like, life is great and I turned around to him and I said Murray I said this website is going to be huge and he's like oh shut up in that no way and everything and then within a year 12 months later 365 days me and him were sitting and by this point the website was getting like 200,000 visitors a month or something wow. and I said to him within like 12 months and I said to him I tell you this was going to be big eh? and he's like yeah, I think I think you did say that, and I did believe in you and stuff. You say, <laughs> no, you never. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's it's what people are looking for right now. People are really wanting to get back in touch with understanding how to interpret signs for themselves and understanding, like you said, oh, I see birds, and I just think I'm really weird when I, you know, when I use it predictively, mm -hmm. and to understand that there are people like you out there who write about this and who live this and who have, you know, made a point of sharing this information with other people. When I named divination and fortune telling, I was saying, and I was writing down like my, pl like my plan of what I was going to do, like the posts I was going to write. And I had read the name for the first time. And when I wrote the name for the first time, Someone on the TV had said those exact words, divination and fortune telling, as I was writing it. And it's a phenomenon. It's, it's called, it comes under something called cladonism, where basically you hear a sight. That's what it means. And I posted about it, I think, on Instagram like a week ago or something. And people were like, oh, my God, that happens to me. And I told them, I said, that's how I knew that was the right name because I got this, I heard it as I was writing it. And they said, that happens to me all the time. And I never realized that that happens to other people. The amount of people that were like, that happens to me is just unreal. And I said, yeah, because 
I know that it happens to other people because it happens to me, so it must happen to others, do you know? And there's <laughs> yeah. like even a name for it, do you know it happens so often? But yeah, that's people are usually quite shocked when they realise that they're not the only ones that experience these phenomenons. Right. Right. And that's, but that's good. That's opening people up to like their innate abilities, because I think a lot of people just either think that they can't do it or that they're weird if they're picking up messages or they don't have anybody to actually talk to about it. Yeah. It's funny because my, one of my exes, his family were like psychic mediums and he was always quite psychic, but he'd never went into doing that like professionally. And as he got older, he stopped seeing spirits and he stopped experiencing anything of that. So me and him got together and I started to talk to him about like signs and stuff. And then he started to see them and it it happens happens too often. It was more than a coincidence for him. So he began to make decisions like based on these signs. And after about a year, he was standing in the shop and he thought to himself, oh, should I buy that? And he said that he heard a voice within him say, you should get that. But it was really loud and clear to him. And he phoned me and he's like, this sounds insane. He said, but something spoke within me to me. He said, and I've not had that ever as an adult. He said, maybe when I was a child. He said, but as an adult. And he said, that's those signs. He said, it's been it started happening frequently after that. And he said, that's because I was following these signs, watching those signs. But the thing from being spoken to. Right, right. And you had a, a similar story about like closing yourself off to the signs for a little bit too, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. After I had my daughter, I had my daughter when I was 15 and I hid my pregnancy from my family till I was about seven and a half months pregnant. Wow. I never put on any weight because I wasn't eating anything. And my child's father he wasn't another traveller, he was a gorger and he was quite a bit older than me and I knew that he would get into trouble if they knew, if anyone knew about the pregnancy so I hid it and then my family found out and I had my daughter and it was a really traumatic experience, the entire thing was just this horrible traumatic experience and two things happened, one I noticed that my abilities faded at that point they began to fade away after all of that stress had happened. And I'd also actively decided that I was going to be like a normal person. I was going to go back to school. I went to school. I went to college. I'd got all of these qualifications. I'd even like won awards for my attendance, like all of these things. I'd volunteered for charity to get like work experience and stuff. So I had quite a lot going for me. And when I'd left the college, the careers advisor told me, you will get a job. She says, you'll get a job, like, easy as anything. Well, I went for nearly five years without a job. Like, every Monday, I would apply for hundreds of jobs. And because I live at the capital, next to the capital, there's always jobs. If you live close to a capital city, there's always jobs going. But I could never, ever get a job. So... Um, and I started to receive signs that it wasn't for me. So say I couldn't afford a computer, a laptop. So I would go down to the library and try to apply for these jobs on the library computer. On my way down, my library card would disappear. It would just vanish out of my pocket. I'd try to sign in online, couldn't sign in, couldn't print off applications. I would get to the post office and they would be closed randomly. It was just as though everything that I tried was failing and other bad things were happening as well like my daughter was diagnosed with autism like I had like these failed relationships everything just constantly went wrong and my family used to say to me they used to say that's a sign you know there's something better for you there's something huge there's something big you're going to get something big but because I was experiencing this like chronic bad luck I was just like no I'm just doomed to suffer this horrible life. So one night I was lying in my bed and I could sense a spirit there. And I said to it, instead of being like afraid or whatever, I just spoke. I was like, send me a sign. I said, those were the magic words. I said, send me a sign. I need a sign because I need to know what 
to do. So the next again day, I had an uh, appointment at the job centre and I could have swore to God it was at half ten and I arrived there and they said, no, it's at half eleven. So I was like, what am I going to do for an hour? So they were. Uh, I thought, I'll go to the, to the library. So I went to the library and usually I'm not interested in like stories of other psychics or whatever. I find it quite like, some people find it quite shocking, but I find it quite boring. So I don't like to read like true life psychic stories or whatever. But there was this one book there and it was called An Angel Called My Name. Um, and the voice spoke to me and it was like, get that book. And I was like, no, I'm not getting that book. Like it looked cheesy as anything, the cover. <laughs> and I was actually like going to walk away. But the voice was screaming at me, get that book, get that book, get that book. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get that book. So I got the book and I didn't eat, I took it out. I didn't read it till that night. So I started reading it. And the woman in the book had an identical story to me. She was brought up in a psychic family, but she wanted a proper job. So she went to Cambridge. And for years afterwards, she couldn't get a job until she started working for a psychic magazine. And now she's quite a famous like mind, body, spirit author. And the whole point in the story was that, that the signs were there, that that's what was meant to be for her but she wasn't following them. And I thought, oh my God, like this is why this is happening. And I went and set up as a professional psychic and my life completely changed. Like from that point, my life completely changed. I'd, it just everything, absolutely everything. I went from like me and my ex-boyfriend used to call it a penny diver. Like if we seen a penny, we were diving to pick it up because we had no money. We had nothing. Do you know what I mean? And to go from that to go into this is just unbelievable and it completely changed my life. If I had never took that book, I would never be doing this right now. It's It just completely changed my life. Right. Wow. Wow. So it goes to show you if you're not following the right path, then too, that you have to listen to the signs and you have to you know, follow them wholeheartedly and not look back because you'll have such, there's so much potential for change there. It's funny because while I was unemployed, I was drunk at a party and I was in a really, really bad point at the time. Like my daughter had just been diagnosed with autism. I had this relationship, it broke up. This My, my ex had left me for someone else and married her and all these horrible things had happened. And I'd met the psychic and she says to me, you're going to be famous. I was like, no. She says, yes. She says, you'll have, you'll have books and, and you'll be known all over the world and all the rest of it. And I was like, yeah, right then. <laughs> Honestly. And I actually went back to her like for a psychic reading years later when I'd first like started my business and stuff. I'd went back to her and now like she reads me every year. But at the time, I thought she was insane. I thought, this this woman, and I, I tell her, I was like, no, I'm unemployed. I'm on the dole. Like, you know what I mean? And it's funny because I think, like, at the time, I had this horrible shame over my situation. I felt so ashamed. I just, I would avoid people, people that I used to go to school with. I would just completely avoid them because you don't, if you say to someone, I've been employed, unemployed, my whole life, they're going to think it's your fault. They're they're going to think that you're just sitting around, not doing anything, like twiddling your thumbs or whatever. But I wanted a job, like more than anything, more than anything, I really, really wanted it. But it just wasn't made to be for me. And it's funny because my family had always said to me, it's not, there's something else. There must be something else. And I'm like, no, there's not. I've completely lost any sort of faith in the whole pro- progress, process, it, and until that night, until I asked for the sign. <laughs> right, right. And now you're here and yeah. you are at, you know, the top of your game. Yeah. It's like, my are website, you? My website gets like a million visitors every year, um, 50,000 subscribers, and wow, all the rest of it. So, yeah, completely different life, completely different life. Oh, yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) I'm sure it feels good. And I'm sure it feels good to be like helping other people open up to their gifts as well, because you teach too, don't you? 
Yeah, I'm I'm mainly teach now. Okay. okay. Because um, I think that when I was reading and teaching, it was it got to the point where my website got too much. Mm-hmm. Doing it all just got far too much for me. And then um, I was at the at the hospital because I've got like health problems and that as well. And I was at the hospital with like an inflammation in my stomach. And um, they told me at the time it was like stress induced. And my mum said to me like, you need to, to pick something. Do you know what I mean? Like you need to focus on like one thing kind of thing. So yeah, but I, I love teaching. And it's funny because once you become a teacher, the things that you were ashamed of, you talk about, you're proud of. Do you know what I mean? Like I used to be ashamed of being unemployed, of having my daughter when I was 15, of, of being in this like abusive relationship or whatever. And now like I tell people, I'm like, yeah, I, I was unemployed for that long or, or nothing ever went right for me. I'm, I'm proud of that fact now because life can change. Do you know what I mean? You can pull yourself out of absolutely anything, absolutely anything. You, you need to, to want it, but you all, this is, this is strange, but you need to know that it's yours. Do you know what I mean? When, when I started reading again, ah, by that point, I knew, I says, this is what's meant to be. And I'm, I knew it. And I, I knew it was going to work out. In my head, there was no other option. There was no, oh, I could get a job or whatever. It was not, this is what's meant to be. And I'm going to make it work. And I did. <laughs> Thank God. Right. Right. Well, and part of it too is just choosing the direction that you're going in and, and really focusing on what feels good to mm-hmm. you instead of like everybody saying, oh, you know, because there are people who say our work is just stupid, that we're all, um, you know, uh, charlatans. And, and the whole thing is, though, they're not experiencing that connection. It's that- funny because I I sometimes do lives like for um, on Facebook lives in my private group for my students, and the one thing that they were asking is what happens if you're doing a live or something and someone posts a negative comment, and to to them it's this major like disappointment, this really painful experience. But I, I told them I said like they're talking about your audience as well because your audience are believers. So they're not going to read that and say, oh, this person's right. I should really get off this page. Do you know? They are, right. It becomes a you against them. Do you know? They're more likely to want to stick up for you. And one of my students had actually, after it happened to her, the next, and I'd done the live, the next again week, she said to me, she was like, you know, I've had more orders and stuff since that happened. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> more supportive since the whole experience of the guy coming on and attacking her. And the thing is, is that sometimes these things can happen to sort of, to prepare you for other things. Do you know, when I first started like reading, eh, when I first started blogging online, um, I can't spell. I've got really terrible like spelling. It's a lot better now, but back then it was really, really bad. And most of the people who brought me up can't read or write. Do you know, like we were the first folk in our family, first generation to not be working in fields, like to be going to school or whatever. So um, I'd went and my first blog post was actually about Lenormand's and it was in like 2014 or something, so a long time ago. And I'd went and wrote this um, beginner's guide to, to Lenormand's and there was this guy who commented, I'd spelt the word rider wrong and he'd, I think I'd spelt it like A-R instead of E-R or something stupid like that. And he'd went and commented on it and he was like, oh, you can't, spell or whatever and then me and him were in this private Facebook group a membership group together and he'd went and like commented on it as well in the group like and he messaged me so he was really going really going for it he'd messaged me and he said to me something like people who post articles online are aligning themselves as being experts and he said you can't even spell um no one will ever take you seriously do you know what I mean? And that was the first time I'd ever posted a blog and I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, this random person online, it really was going for me kind of thing. And it had the thought of not blogging anymore had sort of crossed my mind. Do you know what I mean? I thought, is this what it's going to be like? Am I going to get this negative feedback all of the time? And 
But I decided not to stop. I kept on going. And I look back now and I think I could have really allowed that man to discourage me. And now, like, like I said, over a million people every year come to my website. But I can't even remember the guy's name now. I can't even remember his name. And I could have made that major like, life-changing decision based on some like, ass on the internet who was trying to put me off. Do you right. know what I mean? And it's like, no, like, don't let other people do that because there is a certain kind of people that will go for other people that way. And you don't want to, you don't want to change your life based on that. Right. And that happens a lot in the spiritual community, unfortunately, where we're, like you were saying, that's coming from a group that, that was geared towards the North. Yeah. And, and, for us, you know, I might, like, if I see something, I might say, hey, Lisa, you know, or something like that, but I'm not going to, like, rip you a new one. Oh, yeah, this guy was really, really going for it, really going for it. And that seems to happen. I've seen that come up a few times in the past, like, five years in the tarot community where there are, and I'm not sure if it's, like, to increase um, views or whatever, but... You know, some people have like big fights in the background and I'm just like, this is spirituality. This is my relationship with God. I don't think that you or like not you, but somebody who's talking to me can judge mm -hmm. that relationship with God and how I express it to people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I know for a fact there are certain we'll call them influencers, right? People in the community who have a lot of influence who do go out of their way to start arguments with people. Do you know what I mean? And there's one person who had made the mistake of telling me that they'd done that for publicity and they told me this years ago and then tried to start something with me only recently Oh, nice. And I knew that he knew because of my personality, I'm, I'm not just going to sit back and be like, oh, whatever. But I knew that he was doing it for that reason. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, I'm not having this for you. I'm not giving you like, right. anything. Right. <laughs> because I knew that it would attract too much attention towards this thing that they were working on. And I was like, no. Right, right. And it's also each of us have our own lives that we're living, you know, and, and, and there are some people who were lucky enough to be able to just start their career and roll with it in tarot. And then there yeah. were some people who, you know, for myself personally, I've done a few different things, but tarot has been kind of like this, you know, outlet and the spirituality and everything. It's really, like you said, it connects you with who you are. Yeah. And it's so funny it's, it's funny you would say that because for about a year, I'd got really into creating stuff. And when you create stuff, it's mentally, physically, spiritually draining. It's so hard. People think that creating courses is easy. It's not. It's so much work. And I'd just, I'd wrote like four ebooks in one year, created these courses. I'd really got tired do you know what I mean and one night me one night I was lying in my bed and I was sort of this was actually quite recently I was lying in my bed and I was thinking like oh, I'm so tired from doing this and so drained and I'd had this dream I'd sort of like after the dream uh, well I had this dream that basically this the spirit came to me and it said to me um I showed you what to do and you've you act like you forgot about it and I was like what was that all about? And then I woke up and I was thinking about it and I thought, I've not seen a sign in a while. Do you know, I was that, or mm -hmm. felt spiritually inclined in a while. I was that driven, that focused on getting this done that it's like I, I was only connected to that. Nothing else around me mattered. Do you know, I'd get like the odd sign like here and there or whatever, but I was just really going for it. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, that's true. I've not felt that connection in a while. So, and since I have, I've been like so much happier. Do you know, I don't feel stressed. I don't feel under pressure to perform constantly. Do you know, to be working constantly. I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to 
play the Xbox today. Like, <laughs> right. No, I'm so glad that you brought that up though, because seriously, people think that what we do is just kind of like light and airy and everything like that. But when you're really focused on creating courses and working with people, you know, it can, and especially if you're not like, I've been known to not keep my boundaries very, um, you're really good, aren't you, about, you know, yeah. about your um, messenger and stuff like that. Yeah, like, I usually keep Facebook Messenger uninstalled on my phone. And that's so that, because I think that when you allow people to casually message you, it sets up a different kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. I will um, say, like, email people that email me back or whatever, but when you go to something that people use daily, ha- habitly, they jump into it every 15 minutes or whatever, it does create this different kind of relationship between us. And I used to, I used, I didn't used to be like that. I used to let whoever just message me and, and 99% of the time, what the people that were doing it never bought anything. Do you know what I mean? They, they wouldn't buy anything, but they would just casually like ask me questions or, and I used to let me, if someone emailed me asking me a question and I didn't answer it, it would eat me alive like all day until, <laughs> until I messaged them back. And things had happened that I realized that it was affecting me too much or any time that I'd done something for someone for free, something bad would happen between me and them. Do you know it was like there was something wrong with the relationship or whatever? So now, yeah, I am very strict on the kinds of relationships that I form with people. Right, right. Because what we do is work. It's yeah, work. work. And it has value or else people wouldn't be asking us for it. Yeah, and it does, honestly. And it's too much work if you're messaging people and because it creates this emotional baggage on you and now I have anxiety if I install messenger on my phone or if I'm even on the computer and it's opened I have anxiety because I'm thinking oh people can contact me when I'm already like stressed to stressed to the max do you know what I mean right right and so by doing the teaching more you're kind of controlling yeah the, the flow which is yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah, and I think that a relationship that you have with your students is different from a relationship you have with your clients. Oh, yeah. You know, if, if your client's having a bad day, it's like even if you're a predictive reader, they begin to lean on you for emotional support, mm-hmm. whereas your students tend not to lean on you for emotional support. Right. Do you know, their kind of support you, your student wants is very matter of fact. I have this issue, what is it? Like, do you know, whereas like students will, um, seekers will try to offload on you a lot. And it happens quite a lot with psychics as well because I think that people that are given readings send off a different kind of like energy. Do you know what I mean? From the general public. And folks look for that. Damaged people look for that energy. Do you know... I know exactly what you mean. And it's it's really interesting, too, to try and flip it to empowering people to learn how to read things for themselves. Yeah. Then they don't have that desperate energy, and then they're not – they're taking responsibility mm-hmm. for themselves, and they're empowering themselves to find the signs and symbols for themselves instead of saying – Lisa, can you can you tell me what I should do? I don't want to make this decision. I'll let you make the decision. Then you help them make the decision, but you tell them X, Y, and Z has to happen too. They forget about X, Y, and Z, and they're like, "Why didn't it turn out the way you wanted? You told me it would." And it's just like, mm. yeah. I I teach my students there are different kinds of outcomes. There are outcomes for any type of reading, especially tarot reading. A lot of people say they'll get the eight of wands and they're like, oh, what does that mean? And I'll say it means that they're going to contact you. And then they're like, but are we going to be together? And then you're like, well, you'll know after that eight of wands. Even as a predictive reader, you can only see so far. 
Do you know right. what I mean? Or you can be blocked from seeing an outcome for whatever reason. Do you know what I mean? It's not that there are some outcomes that you can say that's a definite yes or that's a definite no. And one thing about being a reader is that you have to have the confidence to be able to say to your clients, oh, by the way, I don't know anything past this or I can't see past this. Do you know? Is that it's always better to be truthful. Yeah, you should always be truthful if you can't see the outcome or whatever. But you should trust in your ability to read. So if you can see an outcome, it's not because you're a shit reader or whatever. It's for the simple facts that you're not getting one. So you have to have the confidence to be able to tell the difference. Can you not interpret the cards or can you not interpret the situation that's going to happen? Right. Well, or some people will say, oh, is he going to call me? Are we going to see each other again? Everything points to yes, but he's calling you to get back his stuff from before or something like that. Not you, but the, the client. And then, you know, so they're disappointed that it didn't turn out. Or I've had people say, are we going to be together? And I say, well, there's this, this issue about jealousy and you have to do something about that. Oh, no, I want still to get flowers from people other people besides him well sorry then it's going to be an issue yeah yeah but ultimately I mean what we do is powerful Mm -hmm. and especially teaching people to do it themselves is really powerful yeah because anyone anyone can perform redance I honestly believe that anyone can learn how to perform readings. I think that there are some people that being psychic is like a talent, right? So you're talented in the sense that you get people that are talented and say piano, they pick it up straight away. Do you know? Everyone can learn, but not everyone is naturally talented. And I think that psychic ability is the same. Like some people are naturally talented. Everyone can learn, but some people are born better at it than others. Or even like maths. Right. Some people can pick it up easy. But most most things, anyone can learn. But they require more effort or more commitment to it. Right, right. But like you said, though, it, I mean, if they're learning how to use their own natural gifts, because I feel like some of us are stronger in one area and some of us are stronger in another area. But when you have those cards laying down on the table and then you allow whatever else to come through to you, then it's expanding the the whole reading in a way. And I think that's part of the reason why you should live divination as a lifestyle. Because if you live it as a lifestyle, working on it is not a chore for you. Mm-hmm. So say like I'll have people who contact me and they'll say things like, oh, I was, I'd read in a book or whatever that I've got to do these like yoga poses every day to be able to increase my psychic ability and I'm, I'm finding it hard or it's not part of my life. And I'm like, well, if, if you can't incorporate that into your life, what is the point? Do you know you need something that, and that's why I always tell my seekers to use signs because using signs is like a conversation. Do you know what I mean? It's just like having a conversation and the more that you use signs, the more your abilities increase because spirit opens itself up to you more while you're continuing that conversation. And it's easy. Do you know what I mean? It's super easy. It's something that anyone can do it. Right. It doesn't require effort, which makes it easier to incorporate it into your life. Right. And I think people too, when they get like these yoga poses or when somebody tells them they have to be a vegan or this or that or the other thing, then they block themselves from actually seeing the signs that keep showing up for them because they're like, oh, well, I ate some meat, so, or I had some sugar or I didn't do my yoga pose, but I I got this message. Must not be a message. Mm -hmm. I think as well as that, it can cause you, there's a lot of things that I just read psychic development groups and I think that is so person-centered. Do you know what I mean? Things like yoga, I think, are very person-centered. You're focusing on your body and you're not focusing on spirits trying to talk to you or what your dreams mean or whatever. And 
you, for your development, you have to, it's not just about the things that are inside you. You have to look at other things that are going on. It's like having a conversation with yourself. Do you know, like yoga is like a conversation with yourself, whereas science is a combination with spirit. So what one do you want to have? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So definitely. If you could tell people, like, what is the best advice that you could give to somebody if they feel like they want to pursue, like, working with spirit and working with signs? Like, what would you say is your best advice? You can never ask for confirmation too many times. Okay. A lot of people think that if they ask for com- confirmation that something is a sign, that either it's not really a sign or they're going to stop getting signs or something bad is going to happen. People are under this impression that they need to be believers all the time and they can't be skeptical, do you know? And Or it's going to offend something spiritually. And I think that the idea sort of comes from, if you look at like Christianity, the story of Job, you know, he, there was a time when he wasn't a believer and he paid for it. So people have this sort of, um, this built-in resistance towards asking for confirmation, but they need confirmation. And they'll sit to themselves and say, oh, was that a sign? Wasn't that a sign? They'll really, really worry about it. But the thing is, is that, Spirit's not going to get offended if you ask for more than one sign. What difference does it make? So I'll see a sign. Like, I swear to God, even like I live this life, right? And I'll see a sign and I'll, I will for a split second question it. I'll think, is that all in my head? And then I'll see something else. And then right. I'll see something else. Do you know? You're not only going to, it doesn't play tricks on you that way. Do you know? So having confidence in the fact that you can ask for confirmation is probably one of the biggest things that's going to make the difference. You right. don't have to be a believer for it to work, for it to be true. Right. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Because a lot of times too, though, I tell my like clients, I say, hey, let's not ask the same question again because we already got an answer on that. But if you want to look at something else, but if they're taking the, the initiative to ask the universe for a sign, and like you said, even, you know, even if they falter just for a moment and they say, oh, is that like a trick of my imagination or whatever? Then, yeah, the universe is like, here you go. Here's another one. And just in case you missed that one, here's another one. It's not going to let you go astray. Yeah, it's funny because I had um, this opportunity and it was a, a big opportunity a few years ago. It was to do with like working on TV and stuff. And there was, I knew in my intuition that it was wrong. And I'd been receiving signs that it was wrong and not to go for it. But I I was in this really bad situation at the time and I, I needed the money. And it was basically either I take this opportunity or I have to move out of my house. Oh, and wow. I, the sign that I was getting was a lotus, right? So I was seeing lotuses everywhere. I was seeing them like on wallpaper. I'd be at the market and I'd see like a picture of one. And I decided that I was going to go to a reader because I just was was getting all these signs that I was doing the right thing, not taking the opportunity. But because it was such a life-changing thing, it was really stressing me out. So I said, right, I'm going to go to a reader, the same reader who's read me before and ask her what she thinks. And on the way to the reading, I seen a road sign and someone had spray painted lotus over it. And like the words, not a picture, just like the words, like it was someone's name or whatever. And when I'd got to the reading, she said to me, she just started, I never told her because I never tell her. I never told her. I was just, oh, just read me. And the first thing that she said, she was like, don't go for it. She said, but you know not to go for it, eh? And I said, yeah. And I never took that opportunity. So I'm glad now, now I know more about it. I look back and I think I'm so happy that I never took that because it might have even involved like relocating to a different country and everything. Do you know what I mean? And I look back now and I think, oh, 
But I'd asked for so much confirmation from that thing. I'd got the reading. I'd seen, I'd literally seen it on a sign, on a road sign. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, and I'd seen it in different ways. Right, right. But I like it too that you said, we're all kind of questioning sometimes. So it's not wrong for any of us, even no matter if you're a teacher or if you've been healing people for, you know, 30 years or whatever, to reach out to somebody else who's a professional and you say, hey, can you read me? Because mm-hmm. I'm, we, we often also have things that, right. yeah, yeah, that we need validation or proof. And it's funny because doubt usually happens over the positive things. So say if I get a sign that something's going to be great, really positive, I just know that it's going to be really positive. It's those things we tend to doubt or readings that look too good to be true. Do you know what I mean? Like it's those things that we tend to doubt as opposed to the more negative things. And I think that doubt is okay because if you have doubt, then you know that you've explored all avenues. Do you know what I mean? You, you've doubted it and then you've seen something else and then you've seen something else. And Because I've got like, in my astrology, I've got a stallion. I've got like six planets in Capricorn or something. Oh, so, wow. So I am super like, <laughs> I'm determined, but I'm also a bit like skeptical. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. How much energy and effort and hard work and, and how you've put everything together. Yeah. And, yeah, climbed mountains for yourself. So definitely, definitely. Well, I'm going to wrap it up now. And again, you can find Lisa Boswell's work at divinationandfortunetelling.com and also readlenormand.com. And um, you have some really good freebies and stuff too, don't you? Yeah, I, I give away a lot of guides and things. Okay, Cool. And I have like beginner's guides for tarot and beginner's guides for Lenormand as well on my websites. Ah. And it just basically tells you like, the, if you know absolutely nothing, if you're a beginner and you know nothing, you can go on there. Because a lot of people, when they first start, they tend to worry about if they're missing something out. Is there more to it than what they know? So that's why I give away those guides. Ah, good. Yeah, that that's perfect. That's really generous of you. Definitely. So very good. Well, thanks again. It was so lovely and wonderful to chat with you and to finally get the time to meet you and have a talk. So thank you. Thank you. And for everybody else, you can find Lisa's links down below and please like and share this video. Thanks. Have a good day. This was Sue Ellis Aller for spiritualbusinessspotlight.com. Hey there, this is Sue from Spiritual Business Spotlight, and I just wanted to, first of all, say how grateful I am that I get to talk with the most interesting and intriguing up-and-coming thought leaders, healers, readers, um, energy workers, and spiritual entrepreneurs in business today. And if you would like to be interviewed for a Spiritual Business Spotlight podcast, just send me an um, email at info at spiritualbusinessspotlight.com. I'll get back to you as soon as possible, and we will get your interview set up. Thank you. Have a joyful day. Take care.